0: Welcome to the George Schmidt Show. Today, me and Damien are going to be talking about 1985 film, The Staff. Damien, what is The Stuff?
1: It's a creepy, weird food that comes out of the ground and takes over people's brains. Yeah, In a right. nutshell. <laughs> in a
0: nutshell. The tagline is, you are what you eat. And in many ways, it seems to be almost like The Thing, I think, in that it's... It's,
1: it's a classic? It's a, yeah,
0: almost like the thing in terms of tension and uh, in terms of its brilliant soundtrack. No, not in those things. It's almost like the thing in terms of it's about a shape-shifting monster that can take over people, apparently. But as we're going to discover, as we look into the stuff, it's, it's very difficult to pin down what this thing actually is.
1: Yeah, it's really not fleshed out at all. It's never been clear what this thing is. I wouldn't really describe it as kind of an alien or a monster. It's... it's in the in terms of the way some people talk about it, it's just something that's poisonous, and then it seems to be alive, and then sometimes it mutates, or sometimes oh, I don't know. It makes no sense.
0: It makes no sense. So, so it's about this monster, which which instead of taking over people, I guess it addicts them. You might say, but it also takes over them a bit, and it's about this this ex FBI agent now turned industrial saboteur for the ice cream companies (laughs) literally (laughs) david who everyone david rutherford who everyone calls mo we'll talk about that in a minute
1: yes of course Uh,
0: it's about him destroying the stuff's plans but also the stuff doesn't have doesn't have a conscience or conscious it doesn't have a conscious it's not trying to go after people but also sometimes it does <laughs> but then it then it stops and then but then it stops but then it isn't and it, uh, yeah it's a benign thing coming from the center of the earth but also it's a uh, a metaphor or an allegory for for big business taking over groceries I don't know is this allegorical this film
1: uh I would say kind of yes I mean I think the best way to describe it is I think like, I think this movie was created between two people. I think the guy that wrote it had, was trying to do something allegorical, had something, the wanted to say something, you know, something about capitalism and kind of dress it down a little bit. But I think he was kind of beaten down by the special effects guy who had much more enthusiasm and charisma. So let's just have a, <laughs> m- let's, let's make a movie about fucking deadly whipped cream.
0: I mean, that's, that's what it is. The tagline is you are what you eat, but it's never established what the stuff is.
1: No, not at all. Um,
0: no, I mean, there are, there are many times where people say, but what is it in the stuff? And then the, the, the person from the FDA says, oh, it's completely harmless. Yeah, but what is it? It's oh, just it's like yogurt. <laughs> it's just like it's just yogurt, but not at all, because it takes over your brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it melts your insides.
0: It melts your insides. Um, so I was surprised uh, to find that this, this film was made with a budget of 1.7
1: million Oh, estimated.
0: And you can see it. You can see that it does clearly have a budget.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I I think, I mean, this movie is dirge, and I uh, I won't kind of, I'm not going to say anything otherwise, but I do quite, I, I do quite like the effects in some of the, uh, in some places, actually.
0: Okay, so, uh, t- you know, to kind of stomp all over your little theory, it was written and directed by Larry Cohen. Okay, okay. So there's only one writer, which seems a little unusual. Um, you know, there's no, there's no story credit or anything. I don't think. Uh, written by Larry Cohen, and uh, he he. What did he do, Damien? You know what he did. He's really famous for, you know, for you know, for for Black Caesar. That's right. He's really <laughs> famous for Black Caesar.
1: Fucking Christ on a bike. He did a film before the stuff called Special Effects. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, give me a uh, hang on. Let me see if I can find that. Have a quick see what that's. uh, Where is it? Where is it? Where the fuck is it? But
0: he's got he's got a lot of writing credits, and some of them are obviously quite legitimate. So he's he's like a a legitimate jobbing writer director, I would say. I mean, certainly nowhere near A list, right? Of course not. But but you know he's he's been doing stuff.
1: Oh, dear, sorry. I have have to kind of cut you off. I've just looked at special effects, and <laughs> obviously write, written and directed <laughs> by Larry, Larry Co- Cohen, but a director makes a movie based on a murder he committed. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Well, load, up
0: the, to... uh, load up the poster. Okay. Is the main character uh, uh, like a real doll or something? <laughs> <laughs> turns, like... you,
1: turns out it's just a kind of a, an exploration of... Like, an exploration of a uh, exploration, sorry, of uh, of his fetish. Um,
0: okay, so let's let's get back to the stuff. So, um, why are we interested in the stuff? Because at first, when I suggested this to you, the stuff wasn't is something that we we watched together about seven years ago, and I haven't seen it since. But it's always something that we would talk about and laugh at. And when I when I came up with the idea of putting it on this podcast, I thought. Well, we can talk about it because it's not really a bad movie. It's it's pretty it's pretty kind of f- funny and it's pretty out there and it's not good, but there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But then I've I've watched it twice in the last week, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. It is a bad movie. It's a very fucking dull movie at times. It, it's weird because it has these islands of pleasure, these islands where watching it is is total joy because it's just. You know, it's just fingers over brow, like, you know, sweating and saying to yourself, oh, my God, what were they thinking? And more so now that I know it was made with 1.7 million. I mean, this was a budgeted thing. This isn't just some some little like, well, our production studio is in our garage above our, our spare bedroom, you know. Yeah, is I mean, it,
1: that's, that's definitely the kind my kind of thinking on that. I was very surprised to hear what, um, what the budget was.
0: Yeah, no, it, it it had a proper budget. Let me find out who it was even distributed by.
1: They should be fucking ashamed of themselves.
0: Okay, so it was distributed by New World Pictures, um, which might mean nothing to you until I tell you that in 1970, New World Pictures Limited was founded by Roger Corman.
1: Ah, uh, right, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, how would you describe Roger Corman in a sentence? The, the king of shit?
1: Yeah, the king of shit, I think. Um, he's just... Yeah, renowned for making absolute fucking schlock. And I was probably quite surprised um, when I checked out. Was it like Sharktopus or something like that?
0: Yeah, it's Roger I, Corman.
1: Yeah, and this guy's just been making the same dirge for like 30, 40 years. I mean, he, yeah, it's not. There's been. I mean, what's kind of remarkable about Roger Corman is that there's like seemingly no progression, like in his career artistically whatsoever. I mean, I I guess like Russ, I guess he uh, like. Like, Corman, like, found, made, you know, made his first couple of movies and realized that this, you know, this is it for him. And he has not had any ambition to kind of tighten up his craft whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, maybe, maybe to be fair to Roger Corman, you know, I don't know how he would describe himself, and I don't really care. He's a businessman, and he's found his niche, and he's, you know, in many ways, he's done very well for himself because he's found something that consistently works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people know who, know who he is. He's, he's very successful, but yeah, he's the king of schlock. Um, but not just of schlock of like shit schlock. I, I mean, you could call predator schlock, but he, he's the, he's the king of the B schlock.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of straight to straight to video. I mean, originally, yeah, straight to VHS, but now it's, uh, I suppose the equivalent is like sci-fi channel movies, really.
0: Right, and he, as far as I understand, he has done the occasional thing for, um, uh, for, for big studios. He, he, you know, he has been. He's a name that kind of pops up when you read about other, other, other people's careers. He's a name that pops up, and they say, oh, and Roger Corman briefly worked with them, you know, during the eighteen twenties and things like that. And like, I, I, I don't want to kind of dismiss him as kind of like, uh, oh, he's just this guy who makes shit movies. It's kind of more than that. He does make shit movies, but it's also like, he's prolific in what he does.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, he he's the producer in, in in these cases, isn't he? But I he must have hundreds of credits, right? He must have produced, let's have a look, 411 credits as producer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. 56
0: okay. as director. Oh, dear. And and looking at the ones with the director, have you fucking heard of any of them?
1: Uh let me just fucking flip. The, down the only one
0: I've ever seen, which I actually thought was pretty good, was The Raven in nineteen sixty three. But that's nineteen sixty three, honestly. That's looking at the stuff he's directed, that's the only thing I've seen.
1: Yeah, I cannot
0: Oh he did the little shop of horrors. Did he? Yeah. Alright, oh, okay. One hang on, one, two, three Are you counting four, out the four hundred and eleven production credits? <laughs> eight, nine. He did nine films in nineteen
1: fifty seven. Fucking hell fucking
0: how can you do that?
1: Oh, that's un- that's unbelievable.
0: Um, all right, so so his company produced or distributed the stuff, um, which kind of makes sense. And and in fairness to the stuff, I think it's a lot better uh, than other stuff. Oh, sorry, that's going to happen a lot. It's Word a lot play. better than uh, than other stuff we've seen. Yeah, wordplay. I use stuff to <laughs> mean stuff, not stuff. Cross-dimensional. <laughs> so, so like I, I was saying, I, I don't think that the um, the stuff is kind of a, a bad movie, but I'm wrong, because it, it clearly is very boring, especially in the third act. What is so attractive about the stuff? Because the stuff is something that, between you and I, has been a bit of a meme.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's essentially, like, two jokes in this movie um, that we kind of... very good. Yeah, well, they're not really good. They're just so kind of asinine and, well, just... Just fucking stupid, and they were just we just repeated them ad nauseum until it was just kind of something that we could never shake from our collective, you know, psyche.
0: It's not just that there are these two jokes; it's that that like I was talking about the Room and um, Neil Breen stuff in a recent video, and well, like I was saying to you because I watched uh, that Neil Breen film with you—not Faithful Findings, what were they do Double Down.
1: Double Down, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think he's working his way through the alphabet slowly but surely?
1: <laughs> I, mean, I haven't looked at his credits but alliteration could be you know the theme there.
0: Yeah because he's he's eventually going to do the the next Marshall mather's movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Um <laughs>
1: was that your impression as well?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I've got to walk on part as Dre Uh <laughs> there's definitely That's the a thing movie I want to see. Uh-huh. There's definitely a thing with uh, with uh, the room and uh, and Cop and things like that, where it's kind of been made by somebody who doesn't quite see the world the way most other people do. Um, maybe the, often they're self obsessed. Uh, often I think that they're, they're kind of narcissists who who think that what they're doing is way better than it actually is. Um, the stuff is like that. I don't think that that Larry Cohen was necessarily a narcissist or anything like that because you know he's not the main character for one thing. <laughs> he um, doesn't
1: get his fucking arse out.
0: Yeah, he doesn't get his arse out and a little bit of bullock. Uh um
1: <laughs> And uses it an excuse to feel like that intern he's had his eye on.
0: He doesn't wear a black tank top Oh dear. But uh but there's definitely kind of moments in this which which kind of feel like mmm, that doesn't really it doesn't really read. Kind of like he's overlooked certain things or or the whole production team has overlooked certain things. And you're just kind of left thinking that that's not what would happen, or you wouldn't do it like that. Uh, case in point, uh, the stuff be- is this miracle food that comes from the ground, and everyone thinks it's utterly delicious and becomes so addicted to it. And it beca- it gets marketed and marketed across the world, but the marketing campaign is is like something from l- like a, a a resorts magician show. Yeah. It's- yeah. It's it's like well, how do we advertise this this wonderful food? Well, we'll get two women in in sparkly bikinis to walk down a catwalk awkwardly and then eat some of it and look like it's fucking disgusting.
1: <laughs> and the crowd went fucking wild.
0: Fucking wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, watching this um, back, I kind of felt like I mean, one thing about this movie is that I thought was quite interesting. Um, was that it's kind of peppered with these adverts for the stuff, um, like TV spots throughout yeah. the movie um, and I kind of felt well, it immediately kind of put me in mind of Robocop right? because I kind of felt yeah, like there's absolutely. something about the, the premise here which kind of it's interesting but I, it kind of feels like if like Paul Verhoeven kind of had a play around with it, it could have been quite an acceptable movie um, Yeah, I, I agree but what I did what I found out when I was looking uh, is that um, Robocop was made two years after this. right. Um, but yeah, it, I think it, it's trying to play with satire, um, and it's just it's it's just not punchy enough. It just it kind of feels it it feels like it, the guy had the idea, but just didn't have the kind of wit to really get get it off the ground. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, at, at times it feels like so achingly like an allegory. It feels so, you know, it feels like someone wrote this and they were kind of like really trying to needle, I don't know, like the food companies or, or just, just you know, um, mindless consumerism or something, but mm-hmm. you can never really tell what it is they're going after. It, it definitely feels like they're going after something. They're making a comment or trying to make a comment on something, but I've no idea what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It manages to be both like incredibly on the nose, but incredibly elusive as to its actual meaning. <laughs> and I, I suspect that's because it doesn't actually have one. It's more about, it, it's more about look at us, we have a meaning, but you don't.
1: And no, I think what we're saying is, I think we're paying a very, uh, painting ourselves into a corner here. It's actually a misunderstood masterpiece. Of we just not, we just don't have the intellect to truly appreciate it.
0: Well, okay, not exactly what we're talking about, but here's a, <laughs> he, here's a name you haven't heard for a while. Morgan Spurlock.
1: Oh, right, okay.
0: Morgan Spurlock, for anyone who doesn't know, is a documentary filmmaker. I think, I wouldn't say heavily influenced by Michael Moore. I'd say bandwagoning uh, on, well, not now, but bandwagoning on Michael Moore's popularity as a documentary filmmaker mm-hmm. uh, who, who gained notoriety for doing a film called Supersize Me where he would the 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 entire film, as well as some some kind of bits where he he talks about nutrition and stuff, most of the film follows him eating in McDonald's for every meal of the day for thirty days.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and when they ask him if he wants to supersize, he can't say no. And and the conclusion of the documentary is, oh, if you eat McDonald's three times a day for thirty days, you're gonna get fat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's
0: like, well duh uh, and I kind of feel it, it's like that. It's it's like well, well, yeah. If you become addicted to something and you you, it consumes you. Yeah, it it does. Yeah, that's right. That's what addiction <laughs> is.
1: So it kind of fails to say anything like to say anything interesting about it whatsoever.
0: This would have been a much much more hard hitting movie if it was just a, if it was about the stuff. But the stuff is like crack cocaine, and people are just fucking enslaved to it.
1: Well, that was I mean. Yeah, I mean, one of the th- the things that kind of re- I completely forgot was the ending of this movie when they agreed to kind of like try to like hit that fucking point <laughs> home. So um, after, because the world's just getting carried away with this this stuff, everyone's in love with it, but there's only this one kid and this one wow, well, uh, this I was, one guy from about FBI, yeah, um, who who have seen it wriggle once and they 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 realize it's bad, right? And they manage to they manage to expose it and they get the military to kind of crack down on it and they you know. In answer to the world, this, that, and the other, and then it's like it's like right at the end, right? They just show it like being loaded out of the back of a fucking like station wagon, and you've just yeah. got these like fucking hood rats like fucking opening up and like tasting it with this really smug look on their face, like they've f- they're moving on on the streets now. Um, and I guess it's like on top of whatever they were trying to say about consumerism, that was they just wanted to make some quick dig about fucking narcotics there as as well. It's just, and as soon as it did that, it just immediately flashed up with "Directed by Larry Cummings." Like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, it, but it doesn't land. It no, doesn't, not at it, all. I mean, f- apart from anything else, it does. It, it waits less than two seconds before it slaps you with the fucking credits, and the, at that point, I wasn't quite sure. I was trying to fucking digest at that point.
0: Uh, but what what I wanted to say um, before we start was going going on your Robocop thing. I had the same same thought. I thought. Not, not even if... Yeah, I mean, if Verhoeven had done it, that would have been great. But even if it had just done the RoboCop thing of making satire, which actually has a point to make and is funny, rather than, than just kind of like, oh, a- addictive food is bad. Yeah, that's why there's no addictive food. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not ice cream. It's it's stuff that people can't stop eating. You know, there's no food like that. I mean, what, what you're really kind of talking about is... You know, is it is it addiction to narcotics or something? Um, but what I thought was, apart from kind of, it would be better if it was Verhoeven. I thought this would have been a a really good movie if someone like Terry Gilliam had directed it.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. If you can, one of the things that's yeah that this movie struggles with um, is this the, the the nature of this this monster. And definitely, Gilliam would uh, would definitely kind of flesh that out into something. Something a lot more than it fucking was, because sometimes um, I guess it's the nat- the limitations of the uh, the effects. But it appears as like this kind sort of solid pancake thing, or sometimes it's clearly shaving foam, and it's you're not, yeah, uh, you're just not quite sure what it is, or kind of like why it is really,
0: right? And, and you know, you could, I think if 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 someone like Gilliam or someone else had directed it, you could overlook all that because he would have directed it with a bit more intelligence. <laughs> where, where where, the film isn't about that. The film isn't about, oh, this is an allegory for whatever. The fi- The film is kind of a bit more kind of twisted than that. Um, you know, like a lot of things in Brazil aren't explained. You know, we, we never know kind of exactly what's going on with you know, the the information department or whatever, It's but it's, it doesn't matter because it's it's not so much about that I mean, at least Gilliam would have had a character we could follow, mm-hmm. uh, you know rather than possibly the worst lead in a major, or not a major film but in a non-no-budget film I've ever seen.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that guy couldn't have been more fucking wooden and like one thing I kind of I, I, I forgot about the kid in this movie, right but I just, I feel like that was, it was completely fucking redundant right, they could have but whatever they kind of wanted to um, I think they use this family to kind of they use it for the reveal of the stuff um, and how it's bad and what have you. Um, but l- l- following this kid after that point, I think um, it, it feels like they just left it in just to kind of meet its minimum run time.
0: so if if anyone doesn't know when we say the kid, what happens is is as well as this story about an FBI agent who's trying to work out what the stuff is literally on behalf of the ice cream companies. Apart from that, um, there's kind of a side plot where a kid opens up his refrigerator one night and the stuff has spilt over and it's moving and he doesn't trust it. But <laughs> the rest of his family are like, eat it, eat the stuff. This isn't weird, eat the stuff. And then then the kid and the guy join forces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, cause They've yeah. never been a more classic crime-fighting duo. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. You know, you know, as well, I looked on... Um, just to throw this out there, I, I looked on uh, IMDB's page about the stuff on the trivia, because usually there's some really interesting stuff on the trivia. And uh, it's something like the fifth thing down on the trivia page for the stuff. 13 out of 18 people found this interesting. One of Rupert Grint's favorite films. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? How, how, how did they find that information? <laughs>
1: So, um, oh, I have absolutely no idea. That's going to be pulled out uh, someone's, uh, someone's ass, ass,
0: no? Yeah, surely. I mean, why, <laughs> why Rupert Grin? I mean, you know.
1: did we did we say why we like? It? I think we
0: said oh, I thought it was going to be so bad, it's good, but it wasn't. I thought it was going to be actually good, but it wasn't. Why do we like this? <laughs> uh, it's bad
1: like- it, shit, right? Is that what we said? Yes, I wouldn't say it's bad shit at all. It's like Um, I think we've kind of been dressing it down for its lack of imagination and kind of uh, intelligence. I don't think we can kind of get away with that. Um, I don't know. I think um, between... Fucking hell. I'll try once more. I think Uh, David's... I think uh, think
0: David's interaction with Goliath (laughs) was just sublime.
1: (laughs) Alright, so that stays in now, doesn't it? (laughs) I can't can't think
0: of the word sublime without thinking of Subway sandwiches which are almost entirely made of lime. (laughs) Sublime makes me you know when people kind of look like... They they purse their lips together like a dog's asshole. The word sublime makes me do that. Like, mmm, mm, oof, oh, sour. <laughs> sort of thing.
1: I know exactly what you mean, yeah. I've, yes, unfortunately, okay. I got, I've got this fucking feeling that now that you've said that, that's all I'm going to be able to think. And then subsequently, I'm going to start falling into that habit. So thank but you very much for that.
0: Not only that, it's not even like a, a satisfying sour taste. It's It's like... It's sublime, so it's like, oh, it's sour, oh, oh, oh. but it's, it's not quite like, I'll there. Just get this,
1: I'll just get through this. I'll just get through this, and in a few seconds it'll be over. Like, Those not... uh, toxic waste sweets. Yeah, that, uh... it doesn't
0: quite, doesn't quite live up to the, the hype.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's sour, but it's just there's nothing pleasant about it whatsoever. It when becomes it... quite arduous. When, it becomes when... work very quickly.
0: Yeah, but when... when... When we were 12, you know, behind the back of the bike, sh- behind the back of the bike sheds, having a wank. When we were, <laughs> we were 12 and all the other kids were like, oh, toxic waste, oh. we were like, you know. That's we're
1: going, mental.
0: We're going beneath the bleachers to do some stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, bringing it back.
0: I think that the stuff is interesting in that it is... By fucking leaps and bounds, the film, which loses its audience quicker than any other, in terms of what happens on screen. Not in terms of it being boring, but in terms of, like... You know you know, when you can watch a movie and you think to yourself, oh, someone actually went through that script and went, they wouldn't do that? Why would they do that? We need more reasons behind this. They <laughs> they, did, they did not do that with the stuff at all. So much so that the first thing we see is some some... <laughs>
1: Some white ooze <laughs> coming
0: from the ground in the middle of Antarctica or somewhere or Alaska or something. And and someone bending down and going, what is this shit coming out of the ground? Better put, it in, put it in my mouth. I've got in my mouth,
1: yeah. You <laughs> see, like his, his, his mate comes over and it's like, are you eating snow again? It's like yeah. this fucking deranged <laughs> lunatic. Get on your knees, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. Oh, dear. Who
0: is this lunatic? Because it's clearly not snow either. It's clearly like, yeah, it looks like really toxic melted plastic.
1: Yeah, it's not fucking appealing at all. You wouldn't look at that and think f- food at all. You think that you know, it'd be, it'd be kind of it'd be, it's it'd be like a very like highly viscous like fucking bleach, you know?
0: Right. I mean, um, yeah, exactly. You would you would look at that and you would think, what's this? Not. I better, better use my dirty gloves to scoop some up and lick some off.
1: I did think that, the, you know, when he turns around and offers it to his friend, right, who kind of immediately turns his face up, but not for very long and kind of, like, submits, I really did think he was just going to put his mouth around that guy's hands. But he does sensibly, <laughs> like, kind of, like, drip a little bit off his fingers. But that would be himself. better if this, if this film was
0: really fucking out there. Like, yeah, people people don't they, behave like human beings. In it's I mean it's point. the
1: same script, beep for beep. They just make they hypersexualize everything in it.
0: Yeah, like the, the song is <laughs> the song isn't just like uh, can't get enough of the wonderful stuff. It's like can't get enough of the wonderful stuff. It's not, it's not just hypersexualized. It's like Crichton trying to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, in many ways, I think it is a bit sexualized. Like all, all the ads are kind of quite sexualized. Not just the women in spangly bikinis, but they're kind of wiping there's... it all over their mouth. Okay, so so I'm going on to a, te- a complete tangent here, but they've got this thing about we want to
1: advertise this amazing food. Let's do that with old people.
0: <laughs> I don't get that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess one of the uh, ad- one of the adverts that they run yeah. in the movie. You've had all these. Uh, these women kind of dancing around. And there was like a like, proper 80s dance dance troupe in an alleyway somewhere, kind of really kind of dressing up, trying to make it look, I don't know, hip for lack of a better word. But then it just it kind of goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. And it just cuts to these guys, uh, to this old couple in what is, supposed, to, what is uh, you know, presumed to be quite a, a fancy restaurant. Um, and they're there, and the husband asks um, his, his wife, how is the food? <laughs> and she just uh, it kind of spits up. I mean, I've we've took. Uh, she just she just kind of spits up, and makes this kind. cries out like a sort of fucking crow or something, and just demands, "Where's the stuff? How's the food, sweetheart?" <laughs> yeah, almost exactly like that. But we have like said this to each other and made jokes for it for fucking years now. We've all said it hundreds upon hundreds of the yeah, times, right? That's what the stuff is to us. And yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, because every time, you, if we ever mention this movie, that's exactly where my head goes. Yeah, but
0: um, but it's so but, stupid. It's, yeah, fun, I mean, it's funny, but it's yeah, stupid as fuck.
1: It is incredibly stupid. And the, the thing was, I, I always kind of thought that she said something, right? But when I watched it again, and I watched it back quite a few times, <laughs> I, I cannot... Did. I cannot discern for love and money what she's saying. She just makes this kind of random assortment. She just kind of belts out this random assortment of consonants. It's just it's just noise. Because the way just, we would
0: do it is we, like, I'd say, how's the food? And you'd go, I want more <laughs> stuff. But she doesn't say that. She goes, or something. Yeah, it's right? just something like something. something yeah, like, where's the stuff? Where's the stuff? Yeah, that's it. She says, where's the stuff? Yeah. Where's the stuff? And it's like. Maureen, this is a, this is a, a restaurant and
1: it serves stuff. <laughs> like the, the fuck cuts are you back doing? The hu- Cuts back to the husband and he's ushering over the waiter and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm really, really sorry, but my wife is starting to have uh, an episode. Um, if we move quickly, this shouldn't be an issue for any, more of, uh, for any of your uh, other patrons, but uh, she does need to leave now, but she will require assistance. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any
0: gloves that go past the elbow? How's the food, sweetheart? Ah, that's nice. Where's
1: the stuff? The stuff is here now. Great new taste sensation. Light and free now. Okay to elevation. Been up is never enough. Been is never enough of the stuff.
0: Like the only time you would they're not just old people, like we're not being cruel and saying, oh, these people are too old. Like they're genuinely old people. they they're like in their seventies.
1: Yeah, I mean the lady looks yeah well intru- well into her eighties. If you are well me. In, well
0: into like she she looks like she can't walk, and I just think that if you're not advertising a mobility scooter or you're going to die soon, insurance. Why <laughs> why would you have those people in your advert? Like you'd ha- you'd have like a young couple who are, you know are enviable and you know who you could inspire, aspire to be.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's not legitimately an amper, but I think it's just one of the many ideas in this movie that just in, was in no way fleshed out. I think in quite a lot of regards, you know, I think when they were like workshopping this, they came up with exactly what they had in the end product is that they didn't cut anything away. They had this and they had they couldn't generate anything else. And that's why all of this is in this movie because they well- had no choice. Well, another clip that I
0: want to show is is this one, it's... When
1: I was a little girl, I didn't think there was anything that I liked better than ice cream. Now I'm a big girl, and I've decided there's something I like better, much better. It's called a stuff. And believe me,
0: enough is never enough. When I was a little girl, I used to love ice cream. And it's like, but you're 60. What? You know. Why the fuck are you interested? Who cares?
1: Yeah, unless it's supposed to be someone in th- in that universe, It's like what the fuck it is con- it is. Yeah, it's useless. Absolutely I mean, fucking useless.
0: Yeah, because it, it, it's just such a an, a non. It's such an illogical way to advertise it. Anyway, you know, oh, when I was a kid, I used to love ice cream, but now I found something better. Yeah, because you're an adult, you found sex and booze and and living life. You know, the, 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 like other is the writer is larry cohen under the impression that people like they had ice cream for the first time at 5 years old and nothing fucking topped that ever <laughs> like, all, all these adults walking around going oh I wish there was something better than ice cream
1: life doesn't get any better than ice cream that could be larry cohen's reality you know i mean there's a there's a huge uh, contextual clue that the audience is, you know will always remain forever you know oblivious to
0: but what I was going to say, unlike the other advert with the old woman, like the the advert with the kind of the older woman who's not an old woman yet, who's, who's you know, kind of like she's wearing a fucking fur coat like she's freezing on set mm-hmm. and she's there saying, I, I absolutely love this stuff and it's got zero calories. That's kind of a bit, a bit, a bit sexy. i'm not saying i find her sexy but i mean she she does it in a way where it's kind of a bit sort of flirty
1: yeah isn't it okay i i didn't i i i I didn't get the same vibe but i can kind of you were you were properly rubbing one out when you were watching it weren't you (laughs) yeah
0: it cut it colored my experience
1: (laughs) and she's like yeah you know um the stuff enough is never enough, and you're like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> <This> <laughs> I'll stuff give you will enough. Never be enough.
0: <laughs> uh, try this where this original is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> Nobody, I don't know. She just seems a bit kind of like, Oh, now that I've discovered this stuff, mm-hmm. oh dear, I mean, can you? Okay, so again, two things I was gonna say, Can you imagine advertising your product by saying? Apple so good you'll never be able to stop stuffing your fucking face, you porous <laughs> piece of cunt. shit. <laughs> but then I realised that's exactly what Pringles does. <laughs> Pringles, you addicted bastard.
1: Oh dear. Yeah, I suppose so. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure we could delve in there and there's gonna be loads of fucking adverts which do precisely the same fucking thing. Coca Cola. A glass
0: a day, every day, and then die.
1: <laughs> and then death, yeah. <laughs>
0: Why would people eat this when you're not telling them what it's what's in it? And it's mm-hmm. it's almost like it's al- almost kind of it's almost like very overt how secret this stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, you know there's a bit where and this does seem like it's trying to have a go at Coca-Cola. There's a bit where um, our main character David slash Mo because he's got two names. There's a bit where he's walking around and and you know he's like. How come we can't find a list of ingredients or something? And someone says, well, it's the same law that protects Coca-Cola's secret recipe. The, it, there's nothing harmful in it, so they don't have to tell us what's in it. Well, they, they do tell you what's in it. On the side of a Coca-Cola can, they, they have a list of ingredients. They just don't tell you the ratios. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll, they'll tell you, like, every ingredient. Like, on the, on the side, it'll tell you, you know, sugar, water, E291. It'll tell you all of that stuff. It has to, by law. Mm. Otherwise, people might die. And the idea yeah. that the idea that you would market this product and there wouldn't be any fucking ingredients on the side is insane.
1: Yeah, it's the idea that the FDA, you know, at um, speaking with representatives, uh, uh, um, Coca-Cola, and it's like, no, I'm sorry, it's a secret recipe. Like the, the FDA just kind of turns around and it's like, all right, lads, back on the bus. Yeah, all right, then. <laughs> we won't stop anything.
0: Michael Moriarty plays David, who's never called David. He's called Mo, and he's called Mo because he always wants. Mo Money. <laughs> and he says this three times in the movie.
1: Oh, dear. My
0: friends call me Mo because I always, I always want,
1: want Mo, Mo,
0: Mo money. money. just like... No, they don't. They My friends
1: call friend they, me Mo because I always want potatoes. <laughs>
0: he, so your friends call you Mo because you're a dickhead who insists they call him Mo. I mean,
1: what? <laughs> it's like, David, can you come over here? No! It's Mo! <laughs> call me Mo! <laughs> Oh fucking enough! If you don't, he's going to be like this for the rest of the afternoon. Just, just fucking say it. No, I'm not going to fucking humour him.
0: I'm not going to pander to him. He's a forty-year-old yeah,
1: man. If I validate it now, then I'm only enabling this madness. He needs to get fucking help. Just fucking say it. Mo, I, hello. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's such an interesting introduction to him because you don't realise he's the main character until. We realise there's no other,
1: no one else that could be considered a main character.
0: A main character until he's like in the second or third scene he's in. He's in this scene where he meets the ice cream cabal, and they're they're like, (laughs) we need we need you to infiltrate the stuffs. Your assignment.
1: Should you choose it?
0: (laughs) It's like that, right? And and, you know, and they're, they're all kind of. They're not just like ice cream men. They're like. They're meant to be captains of industry. It's quite stupid. Yeah. And he hits one, and he's like, tell the Bureau this, and hits one. It's like, well, you're not working for us now. <laughs> yeah. just, just hit one <laughs> of us. I mean.
1: Yeah, we're going to have you written off. I mean, you clearly can't, yeah, <laughs> you're clearly unstable.
0: Yeah, and, and someone actually says to our main character, our James Bond-esque hero, someone says, you're not as stupid as you appear to be. And his retort is, no one is as stupid as I appear to be. that's
1: what he says yeah i mean the thing about this guy is that like no matter what he says right it's like the bottom when he's acting and he's speaking only the bottom half of his face moves I, i felt if you can just watch the top half of his face if you obscure his mouth and mute it you wouldn't know he was talking whatsoever
0: right there's i mean there's a bit where he goes to the fda guy with who's got the the big doberman And then the FDA guy goes upstairs to eat more stuff or some shit. And he's looking at the Doberman who doesn't like his master. And he says, why is your master scared of you? And he could have just, you know, he could have been in a fucking sound booth. His face (laughs) does not move. And then the guy hides under a a small desk and the dog goes mad.
1: (laughs) I mean that's like something that they only seem to explore in this one scene of the movie, but uh, apparently the the stuff has like in, intelligence enhancing properties because as this guy is trying to make a, a call for help, he grabs his phone, and the dog who has pinned him down in a, a less than terrifying fashion knows to go for the phone line and rip it out of the socket at the wall
0: right and this is this is where um there is genuine. I wouldn't even say confusion. There's, there's genuinely contradic- contradictory uh, law behind what this stuff is, I guess. Um, because sometimes it does appear to be intelligent and to have an agenda. And other times it seems to be, it's completely benign. It's just that the people who get addicted to it become addicted to it and they, you know, they have to have it and they have to distribute it and they have to make money out of it. And I can never tell who's pulling the strings. Is it an alien sort of life life form or some sort of you know does it have a brain or doesn't it
1: yeah it's not it's never clear i mean the people that surely would be addicted to it which sh- would i would fail to see their interest in you know distributing it and sharing it out surely it'd just be their prime focus would be to hoard it no? it's uh it, so that kind of implies that there's something else kind of pulling strings but they're just well it's just never fleshed out it's never kind of explored and it just yeah i would be just kind of never sure what you kind of what the real what it is you're kind of dealing with in this movie
0: yeah you're never sure I mean I've, I've got written here every scene is a story of how things wouldn't play out. yeah I'm thinking particularly of the the scene where they go to the post office they find they find that like all of the FDA they find like basically everyone who's of interest to what the stuff is to 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 mo finding out what the stuff is has moved to nowheresville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. for some reason. So they so they go there to find the, the address and then the post office says, oh, no, just leave us alone. Nothing weird's happening here. We're a collective conscious now. Just leave us alone. Nothing weird's
1: happening here. <laughs> He's <laughs> opened the door. It's lemon party.
0: Um, but I guess before we talk about that, we've got to talk about chocolate chip Charlie.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I don't know what they're really... What there, uh, there is to the kind of say about this dude. I mean, I looked when you look at one of the posters. Um, it lists the cast right, and uh, it talks. You've got like four names on there. Um, and it just, uh, just, and you've got the uh, four characters, I suppose. I would not say really main characters. Uh, yeah. Um, but it lists, you know, their most kind of not- notable role uh, alongside them, and this guy <laughs> um,
0: was a cab driver in Ant Man.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it, it, for him, it lists SNL. Um, and I have seen him in bits and bobs before. I kind of feel like he was probably a lot of where where the money went.
0: Yeah. So so um, Mo goes over to see, I think it's a Rolls Royce. It's some sort of nice car in Nowheresville, Georgia. He goes over to check it out and then Chocolate Chip Charlie jumps onto the car and then attacks him and like punches the ground like he's a He's a superhero like the ground's gonna crack almost <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and chocolate chip Charlie is uh, he's on the board of directors uh, for a, an enormous at least nationwide uh, confectionery company and he's famous enough to be instantly recognizable. There's a part late okay so so again, if you don't know what the stuff is th- this should make you smile just by how random this film is, there's a part later where they go to someone who I guess is like Alex Jones, but in a military uniform who has a private army to use his radio. <laughs> there's a bit later where uh, they say that Chocolate Chip Charlie has uh, an audience of 20 million, or 20 million people love him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: there's this, there's this dude who's like an executive of a of a cookie company or whatever, who's, who's really famous, looking for an address because... He
1: wants his company back. It makes no sense. Yeah, and he's doing it in kind of like this, this ragged kind of linen shirt and a straw hat as well. You know, right? Might as well be chewing on an ear of corn as well.
0: See, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's most famous for SNL.
1: Oh yeah, I was looking at his personal quotes. On the worst job I had in Hollywood is, I once did five horror films in uh, in a row, and one that was a cult favorite was, uh, uh, and the one that was called a cult favorite was called This Stuff. I was an alien from another planet.
0: <laughs> he wasn't an alien from another planet
1: I don't know well maybe that was you know how it was pitched to him you know he wasn't but he wasn't,
0: a, but he wasn't an, none of it was from another planet none of it's none of it's extraterrestrial it's stuff that's growing like coming from the inside of the earth
1: <laughs> Well maybe uh maybe I have to kind of like rescind what I was saying earlier um maybe there's actually loads that that's uh, kind of on the cutting room floor it's just uh well maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, for no, this movie no, I mean, to make sense, you kind of need like a, a sort of handbook that you kind of leaf through as you're going through.
0: I mean, I'm not denying that. I just think it's funny that he says, "I was an alien," because even even if this stuff was from another planet, he wasn't. He was he was taken over by the stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Kurt Russell has never said, "Oh, I really enjoyed doing the thing." Yeah, I was an alien from another planet. <laughs> Uh, what yeah uh, whatever that's that's bizarre
1: yeah i think it, it might i don't know i think obviously i'm reading this well out of context here so i think maybe i think it i think it could be meant in a different way i'm not totally sure but it's still quite a bizarre quote so um
0: so anyway chocolate chip charlie and mo money um they they look around this town and then they're confronted by some people and then they have a massive fist fight
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and and they're having a fight with these townspeople, and these townspeople are trying to kill them. They've got weapons and everything, and they mow mow money and uh, chocolate to <laughs> Charlie and end up end up getting out of there on a boat.
1: Sorry, they're making their getaway, and you've got these kind of like three yokels that are in pursuit. But if you look as they're trying to get this uh, this boat off. Um, You'll see that one of the guys who's trying to act like he's grabbed the boat and he's trying to reel it back in, but you can quite plainly see he's pushing the boat out to yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't, they don't, they
0: don't want to get wet. They really don't want to get wet. Yeah, so they don't. He did not like it at all. No, you because you could have got them out of that boat. You could have ragged them from there. You know, if you'd got your, well, your
1: knees in there. But yeah, well, you could have. I don't know. Maybe you could have tried like a second take where. Maybe <laughs> teach the actors how to fucking use an oar or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but but anyway, they're, they're in this boat, and then it cuts to, um, it cuts to something else for like ten seconds, and then it cu- cuts back to them. Cut back, cuts back to their story, and then they're just in a in a diner. It's like so they got chased out of town by these people who are mad. Mm-hmm. And they went to the diner of the same town. <laughs> yeah, they're only like a half mile down the fucking road. As yeah, well. <laughs> no, it feels like that. It feels like they're half a. M- yeah, they, they were like they were in the boat for ten minutes, and then they were like, "Well, oh, let's get off here." Whereas normally, well, not maybe not they're normally, but on what- the other
1: side of the the river to where those fucking uh, yeah. are
0: still eyeballing them as well. I mean, they know exactly where they are. They just have to get a. They just have to go across the bridge. Um, but it it felt like. It felt like if you were attacked like that, you would get into that boat and you would just go all night. Yeah, easily. You would get miles and miles and miles away from
1: them. If you got well, into that boat, t- you kind of feel a bit fucked because it is a rowboat, you know, for two people, and you're not going to cover a lot of a lot of miles in that. You kn-
0: well, no, but but I mean, they've got this rowboat for two people, but it's got an engine in it. I oh, did it have an engine. I didn't see.
1: I kind of looked dilapidated to me.
0: Oh uh, well, I well I okay. Well, n- 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 never mind. My point is though is that. Their robot, that robo, is their only vehicle. Once they get out of that, they're just people on the street again. You know, surra- surrounded, by you know people who are on the stuff and <laughs> want to kill them. <laughs> don't want the, the secret out. I mean, you just get the fuck out of there. Of
1: course, but you know, after they've had this delightful meal in this diner, it cuts to the next shot where they're both lynched and they're hanging from a tree. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And the <laughs> <laughs> credits: Larry Cohen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the this is the film about what not to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, oh, the only thing that kind of like seemed like it was made any kind of sense to me in this movie was uh a little bit later on where uh like mo and i think it's his wife that have gone in to investigate
0: no, no so so okay so for, for clarity it's not mo and his wife it's um there's a point where where mo money goes to um the, the woman who's in charge of the ad campaign for the stuff, right? And and she's making uh, another advert, another terrible advert, uh, <laughs> where where for some reason to sell this product you have two catwalk models who look fucking al- awkward and uncomfortable eating the stuff.
1: It's so <laughs> stupid.
0: He goes he goes to the, he goes to uh, see her to find out because she would know what's in it, wouldn't she? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. He goes to see her and he basically tells her what's going on, and then they're a couple. <laughs> right, okay. You know, and and in many ways, I kind of... I wouldn't say I respect that because it's different and it's not got this kind of, like, will-they-want-they they? sort of thing. But that would have been a lot more
1: tense. <laughs> it's like immediately they're fucking with no rubbers, you know, within like, 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> immediately, but I mean, okay. the, Like, the movie's got class. That's commitment, that, David. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's heavily implied. You,
0: I mean, you know. They they get it on and like it's pretty established. You know, yeah, they like each other. They're in a serious relationship from now on. The reason most movies don't do that is because you know there's tension and it builds something throughout the movie. If like if at the end the main characters get together, not like oh they meet and now they're fine together. <laughs> the world's ending. We anyway, may as well shag. I mean, I think that this film would have actually been more interesting if he was just married. That was his wife. They'd been married for like five years. Because mm-hmm. you never see that. You never see a main character like him. And it's like, yeah, he's married. And his wife's pr- his wife's really supportive, and you know, <laughs> roll credits, roll credits. There's no drama. But, it, here. but so they, bro- they, they get they get it together. She's of no consequence in the movie at all. No, not no. No one's of any consequence. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, Chocolate Chip Charlie. He's in. We 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 met him. He was in it for like two minutes, and then we don't see him again until right at the end,
0: <laughs> where he comes back to die. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not. It's not the way it's kind of presented as well. It's when he comes back to die. They're, like all the main characters have got to this radio station with this um, this military dude, and they they want to like expose the stuff over the air and send out the warnings and what have you. And then Chocolate Chip Charlie just miraculously appears in the station and says, "Put me on," and they're like, "Okay." But he he whisks the woman aside into this like uh, room to have a private chat. and He just kind of explodes with ooze for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Someone that was kind of like so ab you know abjectly against it. He's like, well, he he just is it now. But it was I, I guess like the, the like the last of their effects budget when they were shooting because it was the best the best this kind of like stuff looked. Um, where this guy melted. I mean, I wouldn't say it looked fantastic, but it's the most interesting effects they had. Well, there's a
0: shot which I'll show now of when he's exploding, and it's it's like it's almost like it's uh it's a theater prop,
1: oh yes, yeah, yeah. it looks like uh, it's almost like spitting image,
0: yeah, like it's it's not amateur by any means, but it's not good. It's like it's
1: caricature really.
0: It's a, yeah exactly yeah like you yeah exactly like like you said it's like spitting image it, it belongs in something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the, well, the dog is even worse because the dog transforms and then there's a shot like a white shot of it and it's just a normal
1: dog. Yeah, yeah, and like not only that, it's gone from like being presented to be like really aggressive, and you can just quite clearly see that like the guy yeah. under the table and the dog's just quite happily licking its face, wagging its tail. You know, it's just like like there there couldn't be less peril in that room. Yeah, the guy, the guy under the table is Danny Danny uh, uh, Aiello. Uh, was that?
0: Danny Aiello, who's like a, a really recognizable actor. He's the guy in Leon. Yeah, he's in like Leon's boss, and um, it, which kind of brings me to Patrick O'Neill, who plays a drunk man who's in charge of the stuff. <laughs> I don't know if he's meant to be drunk or if that's the way he's been directed or he, he is just drunk. I've no idea. But uh, after Mo Money leaves, Chocolate Chip Charlie. He goes to see Patrick O'Neill, and Patrick O'Neill's like, "Ha ha, I'm in charge of the stuff. I don't eat it myself, even though it's you know it goes through ventilation shafts to infect people. I don't eat it. I'm not infected. I'm just in it for the profit."
1: Now then, after all all said and done, you have Mo sit him down and like. The- as a sort of, I don't know, I guess it's supposed to be like a scathing twist. He sits the two uh, corporate guys down and forces them to eat it. And then you right see the immediately yeah. that they're fucking, they're well into it. They're well,
0: yeah. Right at the end, I guess, well, I guess we'll skip to the end. We'll talk about the kid in a minute. Right right at the end, these two corporate guys, it's not really that well established who they are, apart from one of them was part of the uh, the ice cream conspiracy at the beginning. Um they, they invent this thing called the taste, which is basically the stuff and crap. <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell. They say, oh, it's got enough of the stuff in it to be delicious, but not enough for it to be addictive. Or, or have any
1: like of the mind-controlling or body-mutating properties, I think was the line.
0: And bearing in mind this film ends, we have jumped ahead, we need to go back, but bearing in mind this film ends with like the world burning every fucking tub of the stuff they can find, because, they, you know, there's a huge outcry. It's, it's enormous. You know, this has been taking over people. Bearing in mind that the, um, you know, that the stuff has been completely taken, not just taken off shelves, but destroyed, these two people would be, number one, in jail. Mm-hmm. And number two, they wouldn't be allowed to use anything with the stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just that. I mean, like They'd throw this one, like, final fucking curveball Um with the with the the plot and the nature of the stuff and its origin and it's just like well you can't stop this it's coming out of the ground everywhere and it's like what right, have they succeeded yeah. or not I mean people may be like wise to it but if it's everywhere it's it's you haven't oh i don't know
0: well well yeah but but i think that th- i don't know like the thing is is There's lots of stuff that comes out of the ground. People don't eat it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What this movie needed was you just like in the corner just shouting at all these situations.
0: What the set needed was that. (laughs) (laughs) What the crew needed. It needed someone to walk over to Larry Cohen, like, like rip something from his face so it hurts just a little bit and say, Larry, do you see this? Do you see this shit? Stop smoking this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, you just see like the he, the guy's on like a huge, massive, massive coke bender, and he's like always on set with a flare gun in his hand. Like no one dares fucking defy him. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: It's it's um. I mean,
1: yeah. he's not aggressive at all. In fact, he's like really enthusiastic about everything. He loves every second of what he's doing. But he comes you he comes up with shit, and no one can say anything otherwise
0: well okay uh well we've we've talked about the end, then let's talk about the kid, the side plot with the kid, yeah, okay, um, there's a kid who i mean I want to say is not important to it at all,
1: yeah, completely um, uh, completely redundant.
0: He finds a tanker of stuff that's empty, and he says, he decides to himself, well, the best place to hide would be inside this tanker.
1: I mean, I kept he, I kept looking at this movie every time there's kids, in it's just like that's just another way that kid would have instantly been fucking disposed of or instantly fucking died. I mean, I really wanted to see as soon as he jumped into this tanker, just thousands and thousands of liters of this stuff just pour in, and he's you you drowned within fucking minutes. You know.
0: And that's what that's what happens, and the, then there's one of the worst green screens. Like he's in the tanker, and then when they start to fill the tanker with goo. Then they green screen it, and I guess they green screen it because it was a miniature of the tanker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's because they didn't actually have enough stuff to fill this tanker with, or to even to like fill it in even a fraction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I just remember the shot. It's just that like the stuff pours in like halfway, and you can see like I suppose in the reality of that situation, it's like inches deep. Like the kid's in no fucking peril whatsoever. No and peril at, that at rate, all. At that rate, he's got the better part of a day before it becomes a threat.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, again, I guess I suppose a bit of a tangent, but this movie, for a movie that is about, you know, this fantastic yoghurt, it doesn't have a lot of that as a prop. It really, it really is a of, For a movie called The Stuff, there isn't a lot of stuff in this movie. <laughs> you know, there's a bit where he, the kid, right at the beginning, goes on this, runs a mock in a supermarket and whacks out all these, all these tubs of stuff. And every tub is empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can yeah, yeah. tell the way the way people pick up tubs of the stuff the, like there's no, just fill it with fucking water.
1: Yeah, something. It never had any weight to it.
0: Never had any weight to it and you can really see that. And then there's you know the, he's in this supermarket and he's he's got like a baseball bat or something and he's whacking over huge displays of stuff and there's hardly any mess.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm i mean um, i d- i mean that kind of rampage for this kid's like what maybe 12 he, you can see he's young right he's hes quite yeah. small as well and the idea. this is the notion of this kid going on this rampage and like no one being able to apprehend him because like what you see right um i suppose it, w- it would be like you know i would say well over like ten thousand dollars worth of uh, damage to stock right because there's just fucking everywhere he just—he's—he's yeah. he's puts it all on the fucking ground. He's smashing it to fucking pieces. And you've got these kind of like two lukewarm like supermarket assistants barely holding it, holding him back. It's like, what the fuck? This is a child. Put it. Put him to the fucking ground.
0: Put him down. <laughs> oh, I, Don't I you quite like your Sainsbury's training.
1: <laughs> what I quite liked is uh, when the fine the family like. Uh, Force him uh, to kind of eat the stuff, and uh, the kid kind of pulls a bit of a switcheroo, and he could, you know, they they do him like immediately. They they find him out, yeah, and they chase He's him out of the house. Um, like, immediately, like Moe's outside with his car. He's like, I, you know, did you see the stuff move? Get get in my car? So like, what on earth? He just yeah he just happens to be driving by at this this point and he just immediately yeah. picks up this child it's like well this could I mean this, this could, could it definitely looks like you know he needs your assistance but this could be like a domestic violence issue I mean you, are you sure you just want to quick, open your doors that that quickly and make well, that kind of going, assumption
0: he was well he was going to see the child because he read about him beating you know destroying this oh, course, display yeah. he was going to see him like that but the kid doesn't know who the fuck this guy is the kid was just <laughs> run, running from his family and it was like okay tall ginger dude i'll get right in there
1: (laughs) i did quite like the the next scene you know he's in the uh, in the car and like you can see the kids ill and he throws up in the back of the car and he says like oh i'm sorry i just ate shaving from i threw up in your car and like it kind of works in um moe's favor moriarty's favor here like the state of his acting because he just says yes in the most kind of flat wooden way and it's incredibly he's, fucking creepy I would have liked he's to driving like the
0: car like, like he's driving the car like they're in a sitcom like <laughs> he's got both hands on the wheel and he's like constantly looking in the mirror to look at the kid and he's like this must be the most most fucking like winding road in the world
1: oh gosh yeah yeah
0: do you have to like be moving the steering wheel left and right like every second yeah have
1: you ever you know when you've like driven cars in real life do that please do that yeah but this car is a prop car it don't work no 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 just just act like you're ah <laughs> uh, uh, just do that, the steering wheel thing when, it's fine
0: that's when we realized there was a gas leak in michael moriarty's trailer <laughs>
1: <laughs> moriarty's delivery on like was it he i think he just says yes you know it's it's one word right and it's if you cut the right tone with like the school vibe, it's really creepy. It could have like really slotted into a completely different movie. I mean, what well, I kind of wanted it to like cut instantly to uh, Mo just shoveling dirt, uh, you know, over a grave, just like burying this child, <laughs> having immediately abducted him,
0: <laughs> and then like like on the on the back of like the headrest of the car, just making a very tiny nick, and you can just see there's like twenty in a tally.
1: <laughs> and then you just see him you know he's on the highway again different town So that
0: so then you may you may may think we've talked about everything in the movie but no the movie takes a bizarre turn when Mo Money decides to go and visit Colonel Al, I want to say Albert Spear but it's Colonel Spears it's like Colonel Richard Dicky Montgomery Gromit Spears or some shit and this guy, it's never said who this guy is, but this guy is basically a rich dude playing soldiers.
1: Right, yeah. He's not,
0: he's not in the actual army, is he? N-
1: no, he's not.
0: I mean, I wa- I, I, I'm kind of tempted, as I said earlier, to call him like an Alex Jones, but he's like a kind of like militia version of Alex Jones.
1: Well, it might just be—it might be intended to be the military. It's just how they they have just done a really, just a really lame portrayal of it, it, it in, in, it in can't, the movie. <laughs> no, it,
0: it's definitely, definitely his private army because he owns two radio stations in Atlanta, which right. is bizarre as well. But then there's a bit where they're like, "All right, boys, we're gonna, we're gonna invade the stuff or something," and then to invade the stuff, his private army get in literally five five taxis
1: taxi cabs, yeah,
0: and. It's just, it's it's almost like it's celebrating that they ran out of money.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I had a fu- wonderful fucking shot of this dude in the uh, passenger seat of one of these taxis. And looking he's looking back, back, back at the camera. And he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's looking back and he just kind of, with the biggest fucking smile on his face. He's, I mean, this, I guess the, the character himself is like, could, is beside himself that he's got his gun and he might have an excuse to use it. He looks so happy, like a kid at fucking Christmas. And I and love it's that. It's like a
0: fucking, it's like a Tommy gun.
1: Yeah, it's something like that.
0: It's, it's you like. Why wouldn't he have an M sixteen or something, or an M? You know, why wouldn't he have something like that? Why would he have like such an old fashioned
1: gun? <laughs> it was the first thing they saw in the model shop, you know.
0: It was like that, yeah. And, and basically, he gets. <laughs> if you on look the radio, closely,
1: you see this little orange cap on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But he gets he gets them to the to a radio station, and then they make this broadcast, and that is basically the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't get it. You get you get chocolate chip Charlie, who's who is the uh, disgruntled com- distru- disgruntled ex owner of the stuff's biggest competitor, saying, "Don't trust the stuff. It makes you weird." And then suddenly, like everyone's burning the stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't uh, t- explore anything about the nature of addiction at all. Just everyone is suddenly, you know has their eyes open to this and they immediately jump on that bandwagon and it's all kind of fine.
0: There's an amazing B-movie shot, which really kind of should be in a much smaller production, where um, Colonel Spears and his taxi crew get out of the taxi to storm a stuff factory and, like, he shoots someone and then it immediately cuts, immediately cuts to him standing over the body and the body's, like, spewing white stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says something like, I don't like the sight of blood, but this is disgusting, and it's just like, what is
1: this shit? Yeah, it is. It's pretty fucking bad. I did quite like um, the shot of um, chocolate chips uh, face after it kind of melted and exploded, and you've just got several chunks of uh, uh, Garrett Morris on the floor, and just the 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 shaving foam kind of like engulfs it slowly. I quite like that. I mean, it's crap, but I liked it.
0: What about the bit where they they set up a a rig where the wall becomes the floor
1: yeah i i I like that Um, i I
0: I don't i think i think i I mean i like the idea because obviously a lot of effort went behind it but it doesn't look good
1: no no not at all um it just
0: looks like the the it's meant to be like oh the stuff is defying gravity it's coming from the floor to the wall but it's like we can see what you've done Hmm. it's almost like this is a movie made just from the outtakes or the bits that have been cut out of another movie there's like there's a bit r- really towards the end where Mo Money is saying to some of the soldiers, one of which has Down syndrome, uh, of the sol- the soldiers, the private army of Colonel Spears. He's saying, "You can't shoot at something that you don't like if it's inside you." And it's all kind of like, "Is this a sorry? Is this a message? Is this what we're talking about now? Are we talking about hate?" Yeah, it's... but it, but it's never it's never built upon or anything. It's just that and. It all seems to be kind of like, I, maybe this was maybe this was like a 400 page script. <laughs> that they just chopped the fuck out of, like indiscriminately like
1: as well. They yeah, lost kind like of like yeah. all the key, mo- key points, but like, fucked if they were going to give it a proper read.
0: Yeah, or maybe not even indiscriminately. Maybe it was just kind of like, well, we're going to negotiate with the director how to make this smaller, but the director insists that all of the themes he wants to cover remain. So they do that, but all of the themes get half a sentence each.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where there's a bit where Colonel Gromit says in the, in the radio station he owns, because Chocolate Chip Charlie is so famous, he, he's the person who should be speaking. There's a bit where he says, I will permit the coloured man to speak.
1: Oh, like, shit. What? I completely glossed. I must have glossed over that when I watched that. I do not remember that at all. Like What the fuck is that? I will permit this coloured man to speak. But speak one word of the commie party line, or one word in code, and I will blow his head off.
0: So, so like, Chocolate Chip Charlie's talking to the kid, and then Colonel Gromit, like, puts his hand in front of the kid, so Chocolate Chip Charlie can't touch the kid. It's not like he suspects him of being infected or anything. He just doesn't want a black man touching this kid. (laughs) Like, no, no, seriously, that's not, uh, that's what, that's what is going on. That is what is going on. In the scene, yeah, and it's just kind of like, okay, I could, be- yeah, fine, I can believe it. This character is racist, fine, but why?
1: And he's like, he, he is, you know, he's painted in quite a heroic light, I suppose, at this point in the story, right? He's, he's definitely coming, come in to aid, and he's, you know, providing the resources to kind of get this to, to, to make this grand fucking exposure, right? So,
0: yeah, and th- that's that's why this film is is interesting, is because. It's it's actually in many ways it's, it's multifaceted like this guy's racist and you're clearly meant to think he's racist and not like him because of that it's not like the film is racist it's meant to be showing him in a negative light mm-hmm. but as you say he's also instrumental in in saving stuff and I, I really get the sense they did it on purpose because they wanted to make it um, they wanted to make it quite complex and not everyone who's good is entirely good and you know people who are addicted to this stuff aren't necessarily bad blah 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 like I, I feel like they wanted to make an intelligent film somewhere, but then that got completely lost.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, they they would have been better suited to kind of introduce that um, that, that character trait a little bit earlier um, than like two minutes from the end, really. Which is, I, I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I mean, it's it's no more than like six minutes before the end of the it's fucking very close movie. To the yeah, end. yeah. Well, they definitely. I mean, is it
0: is, is it meant to be saying? I mean, it could be saying. Are racist to people too. I mean, for all I know, <laughs> it just doesn't go into it.
1: Uh, well, I mean, there's just there's not enough to ever kind of fully understand, fully understand or make a a legitimate conclusion. I don't think.
0: Uh, no, no, and that's why I say it does seem like a lot of it was was cut to pieces. Yeah um but that is just conjecture i don't know if that, it, maybe maybe this was someone's vision and it came out exactly how it wanted maybe this film damien is the the only film that has ever been made that has been exactly like the director writer wanted it to be maybe kubrick is is you know maybe kubrick and larry cohen they're going to have a conversation one day in the afterlife and kubrick's going to like kiss his feet and say you got it exactly how you wanted still shit but exactly how you wanted
1: it. <laughs> yeah it's the only movie known that has like Endured every step of the uh, the process and has not every step of the production process and has not you know suffered any single compromise along the way. It's actually yeah. quite a it's quite remarkable. Yeah. yeah, are we done with the stuff? I think so. I mean, that's the stuff. <laughs> we pretty much did it, most beat for beat. Okay, so that was us talking about
0: the stuff from staff. 1985. Uh, I'd love to know what you guys think. I mean, one of the reasons that we we tackle the stuff was. Uh, we mentioned it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of people did say, "Oh, I remember that." Um, and I thought, kind of, it was worth a go. So, if any, if any of you guys have any suggestions or anything, just write them in the comments.
1: Uh, <laughs> I dread sure to some, think. I dread someone to will think. read them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is your favorite Kevin Spacey movie? <laughs> <laughs> Click. Well, thank you very much for uh, listening. Uh, this podcast is uh, available every Friday at, um, at 3 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Uh, if you want to download it, if you want to get it from iTunes, it goes up usually sometime on Sunday. And uh, as I said before, I am going to be doing a website at some point where you will be able to uh, listen to and download this podcast for free without signing up for anything. And I'll let you know here when I do that, but it probably won't be for a while.
1: Uh, next time we're going to be talking about the Oprah movie.
0: Yeah, there isn't an Oprah movie. I think we should say it's what the movie would be if uh, there was an Oprah movie. I fucked it Don't, up get, again. don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> someone was just someone immediately stopped the podcast and called up like twelve people and were like, "There's an Oprah movie."
1: <laughs> get the word out. Get the word out.
0: I've got it. I've got it on. Uh, I've got it on good faith from George and Damien, and There's an Oprah movie.
1: Who? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. See you next time.
1: Yeah. See you next time. Bye.
0: Bye. You
1: know why they call me Mo? No, what? Because every time people give me money, I always want Mo. Well, you know, Mr. Otherfoot. Yes, sir. I don't think you're quite as dumb as you appear to be. No one is as dumb as I appear to be.